Hello, and once again, I want to welcome everyone to Crush Your Mountain Wellness. You know, when it comes to wellness, we often forget that our children, our teenagers, need to be well, too. They need to be focused on their mental, spiritual, and physical health. Well, to help me with that today, I've brought on an incredible young lady. In fact, when we bring her in, you'll see that she's actually back from out of space, but then you'll get the joke when you see her, when you see her background. But I wanted to tell you about Miss Karen Fiorino. I just love seeing that wonderful Italian name. Okay? She's the one that shares her passion for education in the areas of healthy aging, wellness, physical fitness, as well as STEM research. She's a yoga instructor at the Rising Sun Therapy. She works at the Zen Studio at Healing Energies. She also does uh, group fitness at Rascal Fitness. Okay, this is a powerhouse lady. Let me just tell you. She got her associate's degree, or I'm sorry, she got her, she studied English literature at Beaumont College. She went to Bishop Kendrick School, high school, but she got her doctorate in the educational leadership at the University of Phoenix. So she's got the knowledge, she's got the power, but most importantly, I think for this show is that she's got the perspective that we wanna bring. So we're gonna talk a little bit about body image. We wanna talk a little bit about bullying. We're also going to talk a little bit about the hope that we have for being able to help other individuals maintaining their wellness. And also, we're going to touch on her own entrepreneurial venture that she's got going on. So without any further ado, let me welcome Ms. Karen Fiorillo. Welcome to Crush Your Mountain Wealth. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you all. Well, let me ask you this. It's great to have you on, Karen. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about some of the things that um, young ones deal with in school. You're a teacher and, and you see it up front. But, you know, this, I, I come from a place where uh, uh, of concern because I've got six beautiful little girls, six beautiful little granddaughters, as it were. And they are now young women, young ladies, they're teenagers, and they're dealing with so much. What are the challenges that you see in the, in the school arena, as it were? I think the biggest problem is what happens at home on social media and how it trickles down into the schools and it becomes a school problem only because the children are back and forth. They aren't permitted to have phones at school. They have to shut them off upon walking into the door and they're not supposed to turn them back on until the end of the day, but you know how that goes sometimes. Uh, they pull them out of every crevice in their body. You could possibly imagine at the day's end when the uh, bell rings, but the fear of missing out. I think this FOMO that everyone's talking about is just terrible. They are always worried about what other people think about them in many ways, which we'll touch upon later. But it, I would definitely say the root of the problem is constantly being connected, not being able to shut down in any way. All the way through the night, they can't sleep between video games, their phones, their computers, their laptops, whatever they have. There's all kinds of ways, even their Apple watches, they wear them to bed. And every time they hear a ping, they're waking up to get the messages and they can't settle. So there's no real good REM sleep for these young children. 
you know, I really appreciate you bringing in the importance of sleep there and the importance of being disconnected. The reason why that's so important is because we've heard that actually in this day and age, these cell phones, and I, I have one too, but mm -hmm. being connected and always checking the the, the, the likes and the and, and the and the pings and everything else actually lowers a person's IQ. It kind of makes a person dumber because mm -hmm. oftentimes it's solving problems that we need to solve. You see, we are designed. Yeah, I do. I do understand that. But at the same time, the dopamine rush is what the kids are dying for. Yeah. So in between each like, they're in a, in a gully. They're waiting for the next like. If they don't get the like, then they're in depression. And it's a constant up and down, up and down constantly. And we get to see the remnants of it the next day because they're exhausted haven't been sleeping. They're addicted, seriously, addicted to video games and and TikToks and all the other social media that they're involved in. They can't escape from it. But isn't that true that those apps are literally designed to get children and get people in general addicted to it? Oh, yes. It's a rabbit hole. It's a psychological disorder at this point. People are completely obsessed with being online and being connected. And Something's got to be done. I mean, I, I just see these poor kids and they're young. My guys are in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. I'm in a middle school in Southerton, Pennsylvania, this little tiny little place in the world. And I see these children every single day. Just they feel so disconnected when they're at school and they're on their laptops. They don't have access to their apps. They don't have access to their their messages and their their texting and, and you can just see that they're on edge by the end of the day. It's it's like a drug to them. They can't wait to open that the phone and see what they missed all day. And how do they interact with one another dealing with that? In person? Yeah. Not very well. Really? Uh, I'm this is a funny story. I was at um, a school dance and the kids were there having fun. And I said to the one girl, I said, you look so pretty. Um, did you come alone or did you come with a date? She says, oh yeah, I've, I came with a date. We're texting each other right now. I said, you're at the dance texting each other. You need, let's go together. I said, I walked her over. I said, let's go get this person, pull the person off of the bleachers and let's start dancing. Let's have fun. You're at a school function. They were texting each other. They can't communicate. You know, I vaguely remember a television commercial where mm -hmm. the parents, a family is sitting at the table and the mother or the daughter is texting as they let go of my ego. Do, do you, I don't know if it was, was that a bad dream or something or? No, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've definitely seen it. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is that it's a joke, but it's something people can relate to. And if it's something people can relate to somewhere in this crazy universe, there are people that are actually doing that at the desk, mm -hmm. not speaking to in family, not engaging. Now, completely how, agree. How does that spill over though into the bullying aspect at school and online? Well, that was one of the huge problems we've had. The students are bullying each other at home. They then come into school. It exacerbates the problem. They're talking about it. They're involving other students. And then that night it all starts again and it's a vicious cycle. Now, if it happens at school, we can control it. If it happens at home, we can't. So cyberbullying is a huge thing for me. I researched it for four years when I was finishing my doctorate at University of Phoenix. And my whole study was on K to 12 involvements in, in their social media aspect, how they're being bullied, 
how it trickles down to their, their themselves and what how it's affected them. It can pretty much affect everyone. And that's the sad part. But we do see it. It's starting to affect them emotionally. I shouldn't say starting. It is affecting them emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But the thing that I have to ask is, where are the parents in all this? What are parents doing when it comes to monitoring the growth, development mm -hmm. of their children mm -hmm. with the social media disease, like right. let's call it that. Uh, it is. Not that social media in itself, in and of itself is wrong, okay, or is a problem, but it is the overuse, overconsumption of it that is affecting the minds of children as well as adults. Well, mm -hmm. the parents. Well, we can only hope they're involved. I know with my my children, my guys are 36 and or 34 rather and almost 26. When they were growing up, it was just like the advent was just kind of starting. It was just like a little bit of a flurry at that point. My second one a little bit more, but my first one really just got a cell phone when he was 12 because he had sports and needed to get picked up and I wanted to make sure he was safe. So we finally broke down and got him one when he got to middle school. But these children are on them at age one. So they're they're learning how to swipe. They, they can navigate a cell phone like nobody's business at a very, very young age. They're on their iPads during dinner. They're watching and the parents are letting them. I've seen it at restaurants. They're literally sitting there on iPads watching movies or watching TV shows or whatever they're watching these days. And that's not a time, that should be family time. All electronics are off in my household during dinner. Put it away. I don't want to see it. My friends, wait, hear this one. My friends and I, when we go out to dinner, we put all the phones in the middle of the table and whoever checks the first pays. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. It <laughs> works. And home. at home, it could be the same thing. Whoever checks it first does the dishes. That's a great idea. So, folks, keep that one in mind. That's a great strategy. Everyone's phone on the table, and whoever checks their phone first does the dishes yeah. by themselves. Yeah, alone, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just been my experience. I know some of the parents, we've given them tools We've had seminars at our in our school district on what some of the tools our parents could use. Of course, monitoring, filters, um, firewalls, blocking, you know, all the there's lots of ideas we can give them technologically. I've even hidden the the cord to my to my Comcast. I take it out when they were younger, I would pull it out and I would take it upstairs. And they didn't have any data at the time. Data wasn't a thing, so they couldn't access the Wi-Fi. I mean, you, you want to see somebody go into a convulsion. <laughs> it's bad. It's but that's, you know, like there's some, there are like Net Nanny. There are lots of different apps that we can recommend to people. I'm not going to, I don't say I, I, I don't really sponsor any of those. And I, I can't even say one in particular is one, one that's better than another. But just letting you know, there are apps out there available for parents to use on their, their Wi-Fi, on their, on their database at home, so that the kids can't get on between certain hours. And once it's shut off, it's shut off. They can't get back on. So that's just a matter of choice. Do their parents want to do it? Well, now, that's a great idea. And apps to help with that. Now, what other strategies can we have and develop to for parents? Just give us one or two ideas that they can follow just to get their kids away from the stuff. Mm -hmm. at least well, if, if they're not engaged now, in the family. Well, if the parents aren't engaging the children. They just, they're on the phones. Parents are just as much to blame. I hate to say it, but I've been in a whole, whole home. Everybody in my home is sitting around on their own devices and watching television, kind of, sort of. Shut it off. Just say, hey, listen, this is family time. There's no reason why you should have to have that out. Let's do something as a family. Let's go out. 
outside and do something. Let's go bowling. Let's go to the movies. Let's do something that's not face and phone at all times. And if the parents aren't engaging their children, can you blame them for wanting to find another way? I can't. And they have like a 15 second attention span. So it's got to be something that's going to keep their attention. You know, that's the thing about engaging our children. And, and in so many areas, you know, we have families that are working. Sometimes they're working two jobs. Sometimes they're working three jobs. Uh, there are oftentimes they, the, the child is there by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? And that can be, well, there is problematic in and of itself. So then we have to ask ourselves, what can we do to help these help these young ones? Wouldn't it be in a perfect world, I guess, wouldn't it be wonderful if parents could sit down and create some time for their children? You know, my son, even though he's got all these kids, <laughs> we were talking yesterday, and he says he makes it a point to spend a time with each one by themselves so that they can connect. Mm-hmm. And, then they and they're the connect. memories that will last forever. Yeah, yeah. Even the ones that don't think that they need it, you know, because yeah, there's always one that thinks that they're mm-hmm. going to be, what we used to say, a hard rock about things, you know. But that said, there is a growing challenge with bullying, especially among young girls. What have you seen? Uh, what can be done to to help while they're in the school? And then, of course, liaison with the parents. What can be done? What are your ideas? What have you well, seen? we're we're heavy duty into social emotional learning where I am, and we have I teach yoga on Tuesday and Thursday mornings to my children, and it's a focus group, so that they choose to come. They bring their own mats. We set up. I teach them basic yoga, mindfulness. We do some breathing exercises. I teach them how to take a brain break. Um, box breathing. There's a lot of different strategies that the students can use if they get to a point where they are stressed out and they are being bullied. We have counselors on staff. We have uh, two regular guidance, not regular, two contracted guidance counselors who work for our school district. And we have another counselor who comes in. We have a psychologist that's there. So we have a lot of services in place in my district. Now, I'm not sure what it's like everywhere else, but we have amazing resources for our kids and they do make They have an opportunity to write up an incident report that they feel they're being bullied. If anything happened that they're not comfortable with, if they were a witness to a bullying incident, they write up an incident report. They're called in by the guidance counselors. They sit down and they talk it through. They have something called restorative circle. Who was affected? How do they affect it? What could have been done differently? Like we have questions to ask them in restorative practice. That's, That's a strategy that we use with our students. Again, I don't know where everybody else is doing, but that's what we do. And it seems to be quite effective. You know, I wanted to ask you this just for the sake of the audience. You know, you you mentioned yoga, you mentioned mindfulness. How do these techniques really help kids? Because you hear someone say yoga, that's, you know, I'm not going to bend myself up like that. Or or, how is that going to help my child? Okay. Mm -hmm. Help us to understand. Walk us through the effects of someone uh, becoming mindful of their movement and Mm -hmm. their body. Well, if you are able to control your body, you are able to control many other things. If you're in a situation where you feel as if, okay, I'm awkward here, something's not right. I need to settle my mind, body, and spirit. Breathing is huge. I cannot say enough wonderful things about the different types of breathing. 
There is a basic yogic breathing, it's called Dirga. There's a more advanced version, which is called Ujjayi. And there's another advanced version, which is Kabbalabhati. Like there's all these different styles of breathing, which depending on the situation, if you're a little bit more tense, you might want to go through the Ujjayi breath, which is, sounds like Darth Vader. So you breathe all the way in, you close your mouth and you breathe out and you feel like a tickle in the back of your throat. That's a wonderful strategy to get through something rather than saying something inappropriate or doing something inappropriately, you breathe through it and just take a break, close your eyes and think, okay, what should I be doing now? So you're settling your mind, body, and spirit. It's not easy and not everybody can do it. But if you learn early, and that's why I recommend family yoga is a great thing. Get everybody together, teach them how to do it. And if your body is in certain positions, especially Shavasana, which is the last, the hardest pose in yoga, even though you're restful, people have a lot of difficulty just sitting still. They want to be going. Now, Shavasana, that's the corpse pose, isn't it? Corpse pose, yes. That's usually at the end of a practice where you can choose whatever legs up the wall. I can do supine or prone position, whatever you want. Now, I'm a certified yoga instructor, 200 hours. I'm going for my 500 hour. I also teach bar and a couple of other fitness classes. But I've learned so much through taking anatomy classes and philosophy classes. And it all breaks down to going, what they used to do, the renunciates used to go into the woods and just meditate all day long. And then yoga became part of what are us, we're householders. It was brought out of the woods and into a studio. And it really hasn't been around that long. But the practice as we know at Hatha Yoga has not been around that long, maybe 200, 300 years. But the practice of yoga, we're going back 3,000 years. Well, so it know, works. Yeah, you know, the, the idea is to tap into the vagus nerve and to bring it into, bring it into that rest and digest state, but mm -hmm. also to, to bring a person into the focused position of being mindful, aware of themselves, aware of their bodies, and aware of their connectedness to the earth, to the air, to, you know, if you're in the forest, like we did our forest bathing um, sometime past, then you're connected to the trees, you're connected to the grass, you're connected to the plants. True, true. And I even tell the children, if you want to receive palms up, if you want to ground, you put your hands down and, and grounding really lets you become more inward and receiving allows you to become more outward, receiving the energy of others. Like in a Reiki situation, I don't pr practice Reiki, but I've had it performed on me and it's fabulous. So if, if that's another thing that people can do to just kind of, whether it be reflexology on the feet or just really feeling the energy of other people, that's one of the main reasons I did this galaxy background, because I think it's energetic. And I love when people can feel my energy, hopefully even from afar. I mean, imagine Absolutely. what I'm like in person. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll tell you one thing for not, for sure. I, I am so glad that I plugged my, that I didn't plug in my, my studio light. I just have it popped into the back of your seat. See, and it's just draining, just, just, I'm just I'm lit up from the energy. You know? Good. <laughs> you know, That's my goal. <laughs> you know, you no, know, but you know, I, you know um, people don't realize that you know, the old saying is everything is energy. And when you break things down to a quantum level, that's so very true. That mm -hmm. They're just various different particles of energy in various forms. The more we become aware of ourselves, the more we can tap into the energy. And we can, again, connect ourselves to the earth, connect ourselves to one another, and be there with one another and elevate 
Completely agree. Well, the one thing I did find, I'm very kinesthetic. That's just the way I learn. I have to touch it. I'm tactile. Just teach teach me by doing. Don't tell me about it. Don't tell me to read about it because I'm just gonna be like, nope, don't want to do it. I'm not a direction follower. I dig in. Not always in a good way, but I dig in and then I usually ask for help because I messed up. But I, I would prefer to fail first attempt in learning. I would rather try that, see how I do, and then maybe backtrack a little bit and figure out what I did. And that's what, with me being a STEM teacher, I teach problem solving all day long. And the children learn, instead of being like impulsive, they'll say, okay, well, let's sit back, figure out what I did wrong. Instead of saying, oh, Dr. Fiorillo, my monitor's not working. I'll say the first thing you do is you check the back of it, make sure it's plugged in. Problem solved, right? Make sure it's turned on. Problem solved. But if you don't teach them the problem solving skills, they will never learn. Because someone will always do it for them. That's that's enabling them. And that takes us back to the cell phone situation because it because of the computational power, it tends to solve a lot of problems that we originally were solving in our heads. Mm -hmm. Just remembering phone numbers. You see, that you know, people don't do that anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. But well, it's mental math, it's algorithmic thinking, yeah. all of those strategies, which went by the wayside when the calculator was invented. Like the kids need to learn how to use their brains to solve math without a calculator. So here's the question then, when we think about moving these children back into the state that they need to be in for their state of wellness, uh, what can be done as far as the body image concept, because again, mm -hmm. one of my little ones, you know, she just called me up one day and I said, well, what's the matter, baby? She said, I'm fat. And I'm looking at this beautiful child. She's about as thin as this elbow, mm -hmm. this wrist here. You see? Right. <laughs> so, and she's, I'm like, baby, you're not fat, you're beautiful. No, I'm fat. Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, well, I'm that's so bullying. That's bullying and peer pressure all at the same time. So if one person said, why are you wearing that? That doesn't look good on you. You then go inside your body and in your headspace and you say, I'm inadequate. I'm not enough. I'm overweight. I'm underweight. So let me bring back a little bit of my backstory, if you don't mind. Um, at a very young age, I was a dancer and um, I developed early at like age 10 in ballet being developed was frowned upon. I was encouraged to lose weight. I was only seven, I was 85 pounds at the time and, and my instructor wanted me to get down to around 75 for the costume that I was going to be wearing. She said, well, if you don't get the weight down, we're gonna have to duct tape you in. I said, duct, duct tape me? I said, "What's? why are you gonna use a duck on me? Like, I didn't know what duct tape was. And she said, no, we need to get you into this costume. So I tried. I tried to lose weight. I mean, it's hard to lose weight when you're 85 pounds. There's nothing to you. I, I think I lost like five or something. So I, it was a little bit better for her. She said, well, we'll get you in the costume, but this cannot happen again. So I didn't think anything of it. As years went on, high school, I was like, mm, I never thought I was adequate. College was bad. Um, junior year in college, I was basically on the floor throwing up bile. I developed an eating disorder and it was kind of not really diagnosed initially took me home mom and dad i'm italian fed me pasta you know got what i needed to do to get my weight back on went back to college kind of went away for a little while right before we got married 
dropped to 99 pounds. I was a little nothing for my wedding. They had to, ready for this? They sewed it in button by button. We just lost, we just uh, froze up a second. So could you tell me that again? You said ready for this and you froze and I was ready. So tell me that. All again. right. So did, did we hear about college? Yes. Okay. So then this is the wedding. I was getting into my wedding gown and the buttons wouldn't stay shut. So they sewed me in one button at a time. So and at the end of the night, they cut me out of the dress. 99 pounds on my wedding day at age 26. I fell into the eating disorder yet again because I was in a stressful situation. Flash ahead, how many years? 22 years, in the middle of our divorce. Thankfully, we're friendly now and everything's good. But at the time I was stressed out, I dropped to 89 pounds at age 48. Fell back into the eating disorder. My nurse at school... God, God bless her for saying this to me. She said to me, Karen, if you don't call Renfrew Center, I'm calling for you. You are killing yourself. I didn't want to live. I was so sad. I, I thought I was inadequate. I tried everything I could possibly do to, you know, to change me. And I realized after I went through 46 days of treatment and I was outpatient care, I was out of work, school paid for it hundred percent. They were amazing. The insurance was great. And 46 days later, I was released from the outpatient and um, I had all the tools I needed. I was able to recognize the symptoms. I had coping skills. And as to this day, I've gone through stressful situations and thankfully I haven't fallen back into it. So now I can help others as a personal trainer who might be struggling with body, body disorder, body image disorder, or an eating disorder, bulimia or, or anorexia. I can talk about it openly now and not get stressed. So I, f I feel like I'm better. Like, I feel like I'm fixed. And now I can help others. Oh, I think you're amazing. And I have to say yeah. that, you know, what I'm hearing in every situation is that negative stress is the source of so many problems. Mm -hmm. Eating disorders, cancers. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on, really. Let me think mm -hmm. about it. And yeah. In your instance, it's so wonderful that you were able to turn that around. And now you use that experience to help others. Mm -hmm. so that's yeah, I really think that the paradigm shift was in the year 2020, when I was asked to co-author a book with my college, my, well, postgraduate school, when I was getting my doctorate at University of Phoenix, one of my roommates, Karen, she was um, from Virginia Beach and I was from Pennsylvania and we were roommates stayed in touch even after we graduated. And she said, would you co-author a book that I'm going to be hosting called Undeterred? I said, okay. She said, you have a thousand words to tell your story. I'm like, a thousand words, that's not enough. <laughs> so I told the story, it was published. It was an international bestseller. And about a year later, I was approached by somebody else to help her edit her book. She was struggling with the mental health, health issues. And um, one of the co-authors was unable to finish the chapter. So she said, could you, in the middle of my editing craziness, can you write me a chapter, 12 pages of the book? So I told the whole story, filled in all the gaps for people who are like, well, wait a minute, 
what happened next? Are you okay? What are you doing? How did, what kind of care did you get? So I was able to elaborate. And the title of that book is Feel It, Heal It, Let It Go. And that was released on July 22nd, 2021. So within two years, I was part of two, two books and I was published twice prior, once in Canada with a white paper and prior to that, my dissertation, which was on cyberbullying. And I'm writing my fifth. My fifth book is about my cat, Snickers, who passed away in June after being stricken with being deaf and blind for a year. And she had, we think she had a stroke. She died in her sleep, but June 11th of 2023, we lost Snickers. So I'm going to tell a story about her called A Cat's Tale. Oh, wow. E-A-I-L. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. good deal. I'm a play on words between T-A-L-E and T-A-L, yes. but yes. that's what's happening. So that's the way I, I, I think I am a good journaler. I think journaling is important for children to mm. learn how to express their feelings. Don't hold it in. Many of the, the kids are stressed out because they have nobody to talk to. So if they can at least journal, that's a way to ex express themselves and feel like I would say to the kids, if there's something you need to say to somebody, you don't know who to tell and you don't want to tell anybody, if it's like a really deep secret, email yourself. Just send it to yourself. And you then have a record of what happened. You can reflect on it and then be hopeful at that point and glad you didn't send it out to somebody else. Well, Karen, that said, you know, you've done so many things and you're, you're obviously brilliant, okay? And, you know, you know you've got the... You got the entire, you got the entire energy of the universe behind you, you know. But here's an interesting thing: you're moving into you're moving into some entrepreneurial ventures. In fact, that's how we uh, got together through through um, the business side. Talk to me about what you do and how you help individuals in terms of their wellness, longevity, and just looking good and looking as good as you do. Oh, well, you're sweet to say that. Well, I guess in 2019, one of my teacher assistants came to me and she was just asking me if everything was okay. And I said, yeah, I'm okay. She said, well, okay is not good. How can we help you? And I said, well, my hair has fallen out. Um, I've been through a lot of stressful situations. Um, my skin's breaking out and I've been watching her and I just saw these wonderful changes in her. And I'm wondering, what are you doing? Like, you look fantastic. I want what you're taking. <laughs> and she told me about a company called Modern Nature. And it's a plant-based, vegan, sulfate-free, paraben-free, not cruelty-tested um, company from Doral, Florida. And they produce these amazing products for hair, skin, um, body care. What else? We have wellness. We have skincare, makeup, pet products, and a men's care line. So there's nobody we, that can't do what we do. So my hair has grown pretty much about three feet. It just goes and goes and goes. It's the healthiest, healthiest it's been, and I don't have any more pimples. So I was able to find out more about this company, and it has helped me so much with my self-esteem. I can then help others who are struggling with hair loss, with hair thinning, with um, recovery from anything that's been stressful. And it's been proven that your hair falls out when you're stressed out, and it's not a good thing. Obviously, other things happen too. What's that? Are you trying to tell me something? I am not. I think you look fantastic like that. <laughs> you. It's your it's your image. I this is my main. Like this is who I am. I I was really in a pickle when I started to fall out, and then I I ended up getting sick, and after my sickness, it happened again. Like six months after I was sick, it started happening again. But because I was using all these products like proactively, 
it, it grew right back. So like, I feel really good that I can help other people who might be struggling with their self-image because of hair loss. My one friend who was a client for years, she had cancer, lost her hair right here only. Like it was like, it was like um, a monk. So she had hair here, but nothing up top. It all grew back. And she says, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Unfortunately, she went into another um, bout with cancer and she was taken to to her new home in heaven, um, unfortunately, about a year ago. So we did lose her. But I just, seeing the joy in her eyes and in her body and her, her makeup, once she recovered from that hair loss, it just made me feel really good that what we have can help others. So I've been kind of sharing education. I'm not a salesperson at all. I, I believe in the product. My hair is my business card. And I'm just so thrilled, blessed, and honored that I can help others who are struggling. Well, Karen Fiorillo, uh, I got to tell you, you're, you're an incredible person. Your journey is, is what has brought you to where you are. That's the truth with all of us. And the thing is, though, that, that once we reach a certain point in the journey, we realize we still have miles, perhaps even leagues to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's sure. It. I want to thank you for spending this time with me and uh, with my guests, my and my people. You're such an amazing young lady. And I'll tell you, I've got one more question I ask all of my guests. And, you know, I, I'm waiting for, the, 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 for, for, especially from you, what, um, what we, your perspective on this. So, Karen Fiorillo, what does it mean to you to crush your mountain? Well, I've walked up the mountain and I've walked down the mountain. <laughs> I've seen the hills and I've seen the valleys, but I feel embracing who you are from the inside out allows you and allows me to be the best version of myself because everyone else is taken. I'm accepting of who I am, where I am, this moment in time and I'm not worried about tomorrow and I can't change the past. So that's how I am crushing my mountain. So very excellent because when you think about it, uh, the reality, in fact, reality is now. We are here now. The future hasn't come and the past is gone. We're just like standing there in the river. So when we think about that river of time, we know that Every drop that passes is very fleeting until we are intentional about crossing it, until we are intentional about observing it. And we can make our own challenges. We can, we can create and, and, and succeed in passing the test that we create for ourselves or that just come around and come about. And that's what I appreciate about you, Ms. Karen. Once again, um, where can we find you in case we want to, uh, many of us would like to reach out to you about some of the strategies for our children, some of the uh, ways of dealing with our own stress, or even just getting beautiful and growing more hair, which I have no intention of doing. <laughs> you never know, it could happen. <laughs> I, 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 maybe I'll, I'll get some, um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll get some uh, skin tips just to enhance my glow a little bit. Well, we have men's, we have men's skincare, which is phenomenal. Okay, <laughs> I love where it. can we find you? Yeah, so my email address is very simple. No dots, no dashes, no bells and whistles. It's Dr. Karen Fiorillo, K-A-R-E-N, 
F-I-O-R-I-L-L-O at gmail.com. That is my email address, easiest to reach me. And my website is H-T-T-P-S colon slash slash Karen, just straight out, Fiorillo dot mymonate.com. That's M-O-N-A-T.com. And I don't know if you knew this, but HTTPS stands for Hypertext Transfer Protocol Secure, in case you didn't know. In case of the, you see, these are things that you get nowhere else, friends, except for crush your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's no S on the end of it, the, the site is not secure. So don't trust your credit card information. Don't trust your personal information. That's just yeah. a little technology tip. <laughs> we have run the gamut of topics today, haven't we? We have. It's all we have. in the it, it's all in the um in, in the realm of wellness, helping yeah. our families become healthier, helping our family members become well and stay well. You know, we've got so many things going on in this world, and the world at large is designed to make us sicker. Mm -hmm. so the true. fact of the matter is the world at large is a big challenge because um, it's about money as opposed to your health. You're such an amazing young lady. And uh, once again, friends, I want to express to everyone the importance of connecting with your families, being there for one another, and protecting the minds, the brains, the development of our children. And Karen, once again, thank you so very much for being with us. I appreciate your time, Henry. And if there's anything I can do for anyone, I'm only a click away. That said, we want to tell everyone once again, don't just climb a mountain. Think about who you can take with you. Think about how you can help others. Think about the power of connection with the earth, with the surroundings, and with your family with one another. Don't just climb a mountain. Crush it. We'll see you next time. Thanks again, Karen. Very welcome. <laughs>